Well, welcome to Runners on Trail, the trail running podcast by Midpack Runners. For Midpack Runners, I'm Thane. And I'm Anthony. And in this episode, well, we've got to go round and round in circles, really, aren't we? Absolutely. We're going to weigh up the pros and cons of going round in circles as opposed to going in straight lines. Yeah. This is Runners on Trail 24. So it is Saturday, the 5th of September, and it finally feels like lockdown is over because the first trail run I've managed to do since Green Man in March is here. I'm here at the Trail Events Company Dartmoor Trail Challenge. The weather is beautiful, and I'm about to head out and do 36 miles, five loops of 11.6 kilometers. I cannot wait. I've been looking forward to this so much for this last week. It's been untrue. So welcome back to Runners on Trail. Remember at the end of the last episode where I said we'd be back soon. And it's not really been soon, soon, is it? Uh, But look, we've been busy. But we are sorry we haven't recorded an episode for a bit. We are going to try and get them out a bit more regularly than we have done. Because I saw the other day on a a sort of podcast search engine, it said that we come out infrequently or something. I I think it was quarterly, wasn't it, they said? Yeah. It was was supposed to be monthly. Yeah. And of course, lockdown has been a bit weird for everyone. And uh, especially with cancellation of a lot of races. Yeah. And things that that you were going for got cancelled you had one over in wales didn't you that got canned i think you had a couple canned i was going to join you possibly on one of them or at the sister event of the one we're going to talk about but yeah but a number of them have been cancelled yeah it's not been good so we were thinking of going to run the vale of glamorgan ultra marathon run by pegasus uh, a great company uh, and i was all entered for that but unfortunately it had to be cancelled uh, and i looked around for another race to do on the same date uh, and luckily trail events company had managed to organize a ultra and a marathon and a half marathon and a 10k (laughs) on a piece of private land on dartmoor running a looped course and i thought that looked one interesting but two it was there and so i went for it slightly nervous because trail events company the people who ran the lulworth cove marathon which is the only race i've ever dnf'd they set a hard course there is no doubt about it and i've always known that so slight amount of trepidation but i nipped on down to dartmoor to run five loops of their course so i was potentially going to come down and do uh one of the courses they had because it's a looped course with a certain number of um, rotations certain number of loops depending on what distance you want to do or time to finish at right the right time. Unfortunately, logistics for me just didn't work out. And for other commitment reasons, I just couldn't make it. But do you want to explain the different routes that were on option or the different lengths? Yeah, sure. The loop was about 11.6 kilometers. And the way they organized it was there was going to be an ultra marathon that was five loops, a marathon that was four loops, a half marathon that was two loops, and a 10K, which is one loop. Now, given the fact that it's 11.6 kilometer loops, you'll realize that none of those things were exact, Mm. but they all approximated to those distances. And then the way they ran it because of COVID was rather than everyone starting at once, they had an hour window within which you're allowed to start your event. So the ultra started half seven to half eight, and I think marathon half eight to half nine, et cetera, which threw up some interesting logistical issues. And we can talk those through as, as we go through the podcast, really. So that's like one of the Dartmoor Trail Challenge done. I think it was a little bit shorter than they said it would be. I got that 11.2 on my GPS, but I guess that could just be GPS error. I was terrified that I cut the course because I got to the start-finish line for the loops and I hadn't been a bit past a bit that I'd seen runners on earlier. Uh, and I presumed that I must have cut the course. But as it turns out, that bit I'd seen runners on was actually the very beginning of the loop and the runners I'd seen were on their second laps or actually potentially just starting the marathon. That would work too. So... I was terrified for sort of the first half kilometer of the second lap thinking, oh no, that's it, I've cut the course. As it turns out, I didn't. Thank goodness for that. It's a really lovely day. Course marking is not bad. Could be better, but now you've done 
once you're in a loop, it should be a lot easier. Uh, the second part of the course is really wet. And there is a proper river crossing you have to sort of wade across. And before that, loads of streams and bogs and basically your feet are soaked. Uh, feet problems maybe later. We'll see. Uh, I've just eaten a load of sort of jelly bean, not jelly beans, wine gums, that's the ones. And uh, half banana, topped up a bottle. And we're off again. It is a nice course, but it's a little bit lumpy under feet. There's not much trail as such. It's mostly cross-country, which is fine. But it does just make it a little bit tougher going. So, look, as we said, it's, it's a lap course. And so the lap was, in my head, really broken down into two elements. The first bit was run around farmers' fields, uh, you know, in one gate, in one corner, round the field and out the gate, the other corner. It was really quite fun and interesting because you were sort of moving across this farmland in a way that you never really can unless it's public footpaths and so that's quite cool you know you'd end up running through a farmyard and out the other side and then into another field it's it really quite good and then there was a christmas tree plantation about three miles in and i almost ran past it and as i ran past you were supposed to go into the plantation and as i ran past it there was a marshal about 100 meters up the road you went back back go back and I thought, oh, come on, because it looked like you just ran in, ran through along the edge of the plantation and out again. Oh, no, you ran into this plantation. You had to run round it. And it was a good kilometre running round it. Oh, so wow. OK. As you, as you ran in, there were people coming out sort of 100 yards away from you who'd done another kilometre in and around all these Christmas trees. So, so were you just following tape hanging from trees and stuff? Or? No, no, no. The, no the, tre- the trees were only, I don't know, about waist high, you know, like baby trees. Oh. So you end up, but the, the, the markings were pretty good. So you'd run down like an avenue of trees. And as you got to the end, there'd be a big arrow going, turn left. And you turn left and run up another avenue of trees. And then there'd be another one going, turn left again. And they sort of looped you in and out the trees. Um, oh, wow. Okay. But, but you could see everybody because the Christmas trees only came up to your waist. It's just like a maze. So it's, it's like an, yeah, adult, so an adult in a child's maze. It's exactly like it was. It was like running through a maze and then out the other side. And then when you came out of that, you then hit the moorland section. So you ran over... A section, yeah, just of what I know from more, you know, just Dartmoor, basically. Yes, yeah. But then as you got to about three kilometres from the end, maybe two kilometres from the end, you hit a very, sort of very boggy section, basically. Mm. And uh, mm. the first time over it, you know, you're trying to tiptoe over the bits and trying to find the dry bits to run around. So this is like the lumpy, bumpy stuff and you're trying to... Yeah, uh, yeah. And you're trying to find your way around it. And then you get to the, just before the end of it, you get to the river crossing and, and they weren't they weren't lying when they said it was a river crossing. I mean, this river wasn't big. It was probably only a couple of meters wide. But the way you could because it was down a bit low and you had to sort of scramble down to a sort of you know little sandy beach bit, go through it and then out the other side at a different angle. There was no way you could jump it. It was impossible. Yeah. yeah. So and it was mid thigh deep. Yeah. So, yeah. It, you know, there was you were not keeping your feet dry. So yeah, yeah. having tried all the way through this marshy bit to keep your feet dry, you then end up doing a river crossing. So for all the loops after that, you just ran straight through this section of boggy because there was absolutely no point in trying to keep your feet dry. Yeah, 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 because you just had to get soaked. But you could see, you could tell everyone who was on their first loop whenever you saw them because they were all trying to keep their feet dry and just going, don't bother, it is a waste of time. <laughs> just run through it. So yeah, uh, and the first loop was lovely. The weather was great really enjoyable and just the difference in terrain you know throughout yes. the, the course and it's only seven miles long so it's not that huge a loop yeah you can get it all in your head nicely and yeah and there were constant changes but but the first loop you know i worked very hard at trying to remember the course mm. because in my head i thought that would pay benefits for the rest of the race in that even though seven miles isn't that long a loop if I could break it down into even smaller lumps, I knew that when I got tired, I'd probably find it easier yeah. to go, right, I'm going to do this mini section now, now do this mini section, now do that mini section. And because I enjoyed the moorland bit more than I enjoyed the farmer's fields bit, and I can't really know why. I think it's just because it was really lumpy underfoot. If you've ever run across a ploughed field, mm. 
especially when you can't see the plow marks because there's now like grass and stuff on them. Yeah. It's quite sap. It's quite sapping on the legs yeah. and the moorland bit strangely wasn't as difficult. Yeah. So it's nice to have the moorland bit in the second half of the lap as something to look forward to and knowing it was only three and a half miles. So what? So, so that's like one of the advantages of a looped course then, is the fact that you know where you're going and you can start to construct kind of strategies to kind of dealing with it or breaking it down, chunking it as opposed to a line course where you've got no idea what's around the next corner really. That's right. I mean, effectively, what I was doing, my first lap was a recce for the next four laps. Mm. So if you've run a line course where you've recced it before, effectively, by doing a loop course, what you do is do your recce on your first lap. And then the rest of the race is you running a course you've already run, which, of course, is both an advantage if you like the course or a disadvantage. If there's, say, for example, a stonking massive hill that you hate going up and you know you've got to go up it five times. Mm. Having done it once, you've then got the horror of it facing you four more times in your head as you're running around. But uh, for me, it's always been better to know what's coming yeah, and know, therefore, how you manage that. You know, right, well, I'll go slower on this bit because I know I can catch the time up later, but I'd rather save my energy up this hill sort of thing. Yeah, and it's like um, Green Man, something you've done several times now. And you, and you quite often practice on that course, isn't it? When you get to know it, you get to know how to pace yourself. You know what's around the next corner. You you have markers in your head that you know are kind of magnets to get to. Uh, same with me in spine. Having done that a couple of times, you just kind of know, right, if I can get to here, I know I'll be okay. Whereas the first time you do it, you just not never really quite sure. No, exactly. And, and you know, course markings, you know, there are very few races I ever do where I turn and go, right, that course marking could not have been any better. Mm. The only one I can, the only two I could really think of are Transylvania and Squamish mm. that, that were so good. You just, you know, you can't go wrong, really. Mm. In, and in this one, you know, they, the trail markings were, were adequate. There's, you know, I wouldn't say they weren't, but there is that advantage of having gone around the course once. The second time around, you just know where you're going. Mm. You know, I didn't even have to look at the course markings, really, to think about them. Yeah. It was already implanted in my head. So whilst, whilst you could see that that would be kind of a major advantage there is i guess a little bit of a disadvantage for having a loop course which is that the lack of a journey per se and sometimes that exploration in going on a line course is 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 that uh that kind of magnet of discovery that you have which can pull you along so you know there's no perfect answer is there but, but it's you kind of i can see that there's distinct advantages for one type versus the other no you're absolutely right i mean this was about racing mm. This was not about going on a trail run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and I think that I had that very firmly fixed into my head. Mm. You know, I, I enjoy my running. I enjoy my racing. But this wasn't a day to be going out and gazing at the clouds and looking at the trees. This was a day to be going out and getting my head down and running as hard as I could. And was there, had everybody entered the race with that mindset, do you think? Well, I, I yeah, I think so. I, I, I think, Certainly in the ultra distance, probably in the marathon, I think so. And in fact, in the half marathon. Yeah, I think... You know, it was organized quite late, so there weren't a huge number of runners. But for example, the guy that came second in the ultra had come down from north of Glasgow oh, wow. to run in the race because there were so few races around. Yes. You know, so these people are fairly dedicated, aren't they, to drive Absolutely. down that far? Mm. And I'd had to get up at, you know, four in the morning or something to get down there. So you, you, you yeah, I think you've got races going in, in that. And, and certainly people seem to be running hard. And yeah, you didn't see many people out for fun runs on this one. No, no, no. Okay. And what did you do for logistics? Because you obviously had, uh, you were able to kind of, every time you came back through the base, were you able to go to your car? Did you need a bag near the start? What what were the kind of rules and regulations on that side of it? Do you know what? I, you're right. You literally ran past your cars on the loop. So I guess you could have gone in, but I can't remember what the rules were, but there was an aid station positioned 20 metres before the finish line. Mm if that makes sense. Yeah. So just before you finished your loop, you had the option to stop at the aid station and they ran it quite well. They were masked up. Uh, you weren't allowed to touch anything at the aid station. They would pick it up with tongs and put it in your hands, but they would take your water bottles and fill them up for you. They were gloved up to do that. But, <clears throat> and here's one of the logistic issues that hit with the loop course that we can get into in a minute. The problem was there were two or three of them manning the aid station and they were, they were very strict on, you know, you literally had to queue until there was someone available to serve you your food. You couldn't go and take it yourself. Yeah. So I did a lot of, a lot, and I really did spend far too much time working out when people would be arriving at the aid station. Because, of course, there, was, there wasn't there was just the ultra starting. There was a marathon starting 
in a in an hour window. There was a half marathon starting in a, an hour window, and that had a uh, hundred runners in it. Whereas the ultra had thirty runners in it, the marathon had twenty runners in it, the half marathon had a hundred people, and they were going to do two laps. So what I'd spent a lot of time trying to work out was when what time would the average half marathon runner end up arriving at the aid station and how could i deconflict my time from arriving there <laughs> i.e you might run slightly slower or push it a bit harder on a particular loop and you might skip one or build up some reserves from the one before so you have to skip so you don't have to wait queue the next time that kind of thing that kind exactly. of logic well i we don't get i had an <laughs> cool. hour window within which i could start Oh, I see. Yeah. So I worked out, right, I think I know how fast I'm going to run. When do I think most people will start the half marathon? Yeah. And therefore, when will they get to the aid station to make sure I don't get there at the same time? But absolutely, I also thought about the fact that would I be able to skip the aid station on that loop to get round? Yeah, a lot of thought. And we can talk about that when, when I get to that loop, if you like. Okay, cool. So that's two laps of the Dartmoor Trail Challenge done. That one was definitely tougher and it took me a little bit longer. Uh, I think I did the first lap in about 1 hour 10. I think that one was about 1 hour 15. Uh, the first half is quite tough running, as I said. It's a bit rutted and farmland and stuff. Uh, the second bit's more moorland. And you hit the same sort of issues we would on any more or race, I guess. Oh, excuse me. Uh, tussocks and occasional hidden hole in the ground. But then, at the bottom of this course, for the last, I don't know, four and a half K of the 11 and whatever bits it is, K loop, uh, it's absolutely sodden. It's, you know, running through bogs and streams and then there's a river crossing that you do twice uh, and the water's coming up to sort of mid thigh it is not shallow at all and there's no way you can pick your way across it or jump across it you know you're getting wet so yeah it was lovely and sunny when we started uh, cool but sunny sun's gone in now wind's picked up a bit and it feels cooler but that actually doesn't feel bad at the moment. Right, knuckle down, get lap three done, and I'll be over halfway and it'll feel much better. Mentally, lap two was quite tough, and I only had three more to do. I already feel better on this one. Uh, just knowing that at the end of it, there'll only be two or two. It's weird. So look, you know, what's the disadvantage of loop course? It's the repetitive nature of it, and also if you like, the accumulated horror of what you've got coming before you. So having done two loops at the course, the first one an hour and 10 minutes and felt awesome. But then noticeably, and I really didn't noticeably know, feel that I'd slowed on the second loop. I mean, it was five minutes slower. And I know that doesn't sound huge, but you can tell. Mm. Well, over, over a seven mile run, you can feel that, can't you? So. Yeah. So you know you're running slower. And then I know I've, I'm not even halfway. I'm only you know, two fifths of the way through. So now you've got the accumulated horror of I'm only this far through and it's not going to get any easier. It's going to be exactly the same, exactly well, as hard. It's probably going to get slightly worse, isn't it? Because the boggy bits will get slightly boggier. Do you And they certainly did. Certainly around the river crossing and other bits. Yeah, as more and more runners ran through them, and especially once the half marathon runners started, it mm. was it got, yeah, it definitely got more boggy. And I'd got a hot spot that was developing on my, one of my feet and um in true runners on trail fashion i just decided to ignore it um rather than trying to treat it or do anything with it and really that well that only because it was you know again doing the looped course knowing i'd be going through the wet ground over and over and over and over again yes, yes. all i did was tighten my shoe a bit to try and stop some of the rubbing and that i think that did actually help mm. but uh other than that yeah not much more the other great thing about the loop course was the photographer who was you know, shooting the event didn't really have to move very much mm. because he could, and he was waiting for the next starters for the next events. So by running the ultra, you actually got to know a lot of the marshals and people on the course really quite well because you were seeing them so yes, often. Yes. Yeah. 
so me and him had a bit of banter going on because every time he saw me, I was probably, you know, I was kind of just about to stuff something in my face or I was trying not to <laughs> try to smile with a mouthful of jelly babies or something. Uh, it, it was it was good fun. And those sort of things helped me. And certainly the marshal that was by the plantation was just a really positive guy. And uh, seeing he, uh, you saw him twice because of the way the course worked, as you heard at the end of loop one, I thought I'd missed a part of the course but I hadn't. It was actually the start of the loop, effectively. Mm. And that went almost down to the corner of the plantation and then went off another direction. So when you, you saw this guy twice every time you did a loop. Right. And just having his encouragement every time was really, really good. Come on, you can do it. You're killing it, dude. Yeah, well, but also a bit more, a bit more of you again. You know, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, sort of silly comments as well. It was quite funny. Okay, so I had a, had a bit of, um, yeah, British irony in there as well. There was lots of stuff going on. Um, yeah, it was that, that really helped, I think. But yeah, as I said, learning the people on the course and meeting them and not, not becoming friends because that's not what you do. But the same way, you know, yeah, that same repetitiveness and recognizing people was was nice and building up a bit of a rapport. But yeah, the, the enormity of, of doing the loop course and that course sunk in off on the on the second lap and looking ahead at the third lap. I was just going, oh, God, this isn't going to be great. And so I found it. I mean, leg leg three was was really tough. Not necessarily as tough as leg four was, and we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, it was. I could see, I could definitely feel the times now really dropping down. And I think I got to the end of leg three in about an hour and twenty minutes, which again was longer. But and here's the but. I knew when I was running around, whilst there was the enormity of the course, because there were bits of the course that I really liked running. I just kind of focused on getting to those. And enjoying them, and weirdly, the the boggy bit that on the first lap you were going, oh, I can't believe we have to do this every time round, actually ended up being a godsend because by the time you got to it, your calves and your thighs were throbbing, and actually going through that river felt amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there was a, there was that temptation just to stand in the middle of it for a few minutes. Oh wow, yeah. But I didn't. I just ran through it because you, you had to do it twice, by the way. So you do the river crossing to cross one side. And then you ran about 50 yards and had to cross back again. Oh, right. So on every lap, you did it twice. But yeah, so, so there was this bit of love and hate building up in my head with the course. Mm. And what was the weather like? Was it was the weather clear? Yeah, weather was lovely, 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 lovely. It got, I seem to remember, it got quite warm, I think, on lap three, but then clouded over again. Mm. There was no rain. It was, I think it was sort of mid-teens temperatures okay so, not windy or anything it was all no no it was okay. all nice so, i mean you really couldn't have asked for nicer running conditions to be honest yeah yeah sounds good but something that i found interesting when i was talking to people as i ran round or after the event was which bits of the course people liked so after we came out that forest plantation there was a long bit of sort of um gravel road you know the mm. ones you get across dartmoor service track that sort of thing that went on for about a kilometre and a half. And a lot of people were going, oh, that bit was amazing. I really enjoyed running that. I really didn't enjoy it at all. Yeah. yeah. I, I know I would rather be running on on tussocks and grass and, and stuff. So mm. it was interesting what some people enjoyed of the course and mm. what other people enjoyed of the course. And it, I think that just shows that we're all different uh, and trails mean different things to us. Yeah. yeah. So I'm halfway through leg four and to be honest it's not been good uh i had to stop and take a stone out of my shoe which cost me quite a bit of time actually and then uh i've had some quite bad cramps so it's been really slow until now at the moment i don't feel too bad in the legs so up until now only one ultra run has gone past me uh, and he was flying so that was fine. The three more guys had just gone past me, one after the other in fairly quick succession. And uh, it's just a bit depressing, really. You know, you don't really want to be overtaken as you're running. And it's because I'm slowing down. Because of my legs, but there's nothing I can do. Just keep plodding on. I found so far the second half of the leg to be more enjoyable one of a better phrase and certainly the last 3k through the water actually is quite refreshing and the legs actually feel quite good going through there so quite looking forward to that and then I'll be on the last leg which a lap ago I was dreading but at the moment 
quite looking forward to just getting on it, getting it done, and going home. Oh well, keep plodding on. It's now what? Oh, four hours thirty-five minutes. So you know, talking about the horror and the good, you know, lap three was was not fun, and the beginning of lap four was truly horrendous because I started to get some really bad cramps. And some of the slopes on this course were steep. And when I say they were steep, they were ridiculously steep. Um, proper, yeah. If I say to you, Thane, you know, they were they were steeper probably than the downhill section on Transylvania. Okay. You know, these are hillside fields basically. Okay. And you had you had to traverse across them, but also go down them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how, how long did they go on for? They're like hundred, you know, fifty yards up and down, kind of. No, no. I mean. So, Yes, I mean, there's probably a a good sort of 100 metre drop across the field. Yeah. So these things were definitely sort of 20, 25 degree gradients. And you're trying to run down them, but also run across the field at the same time. Sort of side, and it was almost impossible. You could could see people trying to sort of do the... the hypotenuse, if you like, yeah, of a triangle. Yeah. And it was impossible. You, you literally had to run down it and run along it because trying to run yeah, down yeah. and along at the same time was just ankle rolling territory. So you were dropping like 30 metres and going along 150 yeah, metres. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that sort okay. of thing. Yeah. And then, of course, the cramps kick in. Yes. Imagine a cramps kicking as you're halfway down one of those fields and it's and you can just feel you're, you know, you're falling over. It, it, it was, I had some really bad cramps. Where did you have the cramps? Um, at, at sort of at the beginning. Oh, on my legs, do you mean, or where on the course? Yeah, where on your legs? Calves, quads, yeah. <laughs> uh, hamstrings. It, they were kicking oh, okay, in everywhere. everywhere. Right, okay. And this is the bit that I got wrong, is that I forgot the very most basic strategies of running, which is, you know, get your nutrition right. And in many ways, with a loop course, it should be totally easy. Mm. You know, it's absolutely regulated where the aid stations are going to be. There's no variation. Mm. There's an aid station every seven miles. Right. How difficult can it be? Well, the difficulty came in that I'd normally try and put down a bottle of drink an hour. But I realized if I did that, I, I'd have drunk so maybe a bottle and a half. And what do I do then? So I ended up sort of, rash- yeah, I guess, rationing the liquid and just trying to do one bottle so i'd leave them with two bottles full up on the next one which of course was a totally stupid thing to have done because i've missed out on a load of um salts and electrolytes and stuff in my drinks yeah because i'm trying to run an hour's worth of nutrition into an hour and 15 or an hour and 20 minutes Mm. and it just doesn't work and i I seriously think that's what i did wrong and at that point i started to pile stuff into me but it was almost too late well it clearly was too late because i was getting the cramps but I had to fight really hard for sort of three miles of that loop. Mm. And certainly in my head, I started thinking about quitting. Okay. And there's several things that stopped me. It was one, knowing this was the only race that was around. Two, thinking I cannot quit the same company's race twice. <laughs> it just, it just, it was just not going to work in my they head. won't let you back again. <laughs> but third, I was doing all right in the race. So from the clip, people have realized that some people have gone past me. I'd entered this race in the real hope that I could do really well in it. I've been doing a lot of running this year. And we talked in the last one, the fact that I've got some coaches and I'm running. Yeah. And I thought, well, there's only 30 people running in this race. If I can finish top 10%, that puts me on the podium. And I know it shouldn't matter. (laughs) And it doesn't matter in many ways. But, you know, as a mid-pack runner, you don't get those opportunities very often. And wouldn't it be nice just for once to say you're finished in the top three of the race? And, you know, yeah. when people go, yeah, how many people were in the race? You have to go, <laughs> yeah, and you realise it's not so many. But even so, it would just be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, just that kind of like winning the om kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, like you won the <laughs> No, exactly. You won the om, you know, and, and wouldn't it nice? Isn't it nice to feel that and have that trophy on your wall and everything? The Om short course, yes, but it was still nonetheless. It's, it's a nice feeling when you've got like a hundred teams or runners, and then you, you know, that very rare, yeah, exactly, it, for, to actually to actually stand on a podium of anything. Yeah, so it, you treasure those moments, however they come. So ha- having yeah. had four people go past me on that loop, damn, yeah, you. it was really, damn. it was really quite bad. That said, you know, and it just shows you, you know, I, what I did do in my head was said, well, hang on, you're having a bad time. Who says they won't have a bad time? And doing these runs and races, even though I said it was a race in my head, it was more a race against myself than it was ever going to be against yeah. other people, just to see how well I could run the course. 
Mm. You know, I rarely run to try and beat people. I think I'm most of the time I'm running for the challenge of seeing how well I can do personally in getting around a course. Yeah. But funny old thing, uh, later on on leg four, after I recorded that clip, I overtook one of those guys that had overtaken me. Is it, was, is, had he stopped or was it just no, that he, he, going... he, he was just starting to struggle when my legs were coming back to me a bit and I didn't see him again for the rest of the race. That's a nice feeling. Yeah, it was a little bit, although the other three guys were still ahead of me. So that was done, you know. But again, my legs came back to me. It was about consolidation, eating lots of food, adjusting my expectations. Mm. So stop trying to run it so hard. Yes. You know, try and run it in a, in a way that will get you to the end of the race. Mm. But the bit that I did that a lot of people have said was um, a dangerous move, and I understand what they did, I kind of told myself in my head that this was the last lap. Although it was leg four of leg of five, I told myself in my head that the end of leg four would be the end of the race. And of course, mentally, I knew that I had to do leg five, but by not looking at the race as I've got to do another half of this leg and then another leg by focusing just on that leg and thinking, right, it's only three miles. It's only three miles rather than it's another 10. I found that mentally really helped me. It is a bit like kind of almost like mentally averaging the last two loops then, because because you're kind of saying, right, this is the last loop. But, you know, it's not the last loop, but you try to build that expectation. And then when it comes to the fifth one, you can't say, well, I guess you can say this is this last loop, but you're fatigued from having convincing yourself that the previous one was as well. So it kind of maybe flattens it out a bit. I don't know how it works, but the danger that people said was, you know, what happens when you get to the end of that loop and realise you've got to do another loop? But I, I thought, well, I'll deal with that when it comes. You know, I, I need to do this now to get me there. And actually, when I got to the end of that loop and went, right, just just do it all again. And I said, right, I'll just, mm-hmm. I'll just do the same mental thing and go, right, it's the last loop again. So I just ran it like that. And then in that loop, I'd broken it down into several sections, the farm section and then the moor section. And actually knowing that it definitely was the last loop when I started running it, well, actually made it easy. So I'm on to the fifth and final leg of the Dartmoor Trail Challenge. Hopefully you can tell from my voice. I'm feeling a bit more perky than I was. Uh, Just went through the last day station, crossed the line. um, And the second half of leg four went quite well. My legs got much better. Still some wrenching incidents, but yeah, legs felt much better, which is great. Oh. So, if I want to get on a 6.45, hour and a half to do this leg. Did the last one an hour and 25 with some snags. Hopefully, if I can keep the snags moving in them, I can get on a 6.45, which would be great. Oh. Just seven more miles. Some more miles. There is something nice, isn't there, when you, I find, if you're doing a kind of a loop course, is that I don't, you mentally tick it off as, I never have to run that bit again. And that kind of almost like feels like something at your back pushing you along. You're absolutely right. And I thought back to how I felt after loop two, thinking, oh, there's three laps to go. And then on that last lap, I'm going, yep, never going to do this bit again that's it that is done <laughs> nearly there you know so that's how it felt and there was definitely more of a spring in my step as i shot off onto the fifth leg yeah definitely there was but um, let's talk about this bit now about entries and the different distances so my i'd got my timing perfect for missing the people on the half marathon at the aid station okay so when i got when i got to the aid station i could see people there but just as i got there someone became free so all of that time spent in with maths and calculators and working out what how long when people would start and where they would get there worked an absolute dream okay so i'd started my run at eight o'clock in the morning i could have started any time from half seven to half eight and i started at eight o'clock and it and in my head i'd worked out that would be about right mm. and it worked out perfectly brilliant just shows a little bit of time does does help you on these things if you if you work it out and do it properly but when i'd gone to register for the course the reason i did the ultra was because i'd begun doing the vogum the 40 mile run in wales and so 35 miles seemed about the same distance it was about the same amount of climb a little bit more so i thought that will average it out Mm. so let's do that when i looked at the entries I kind of realized that I suspected a lot of people who wanted to do a big race would go and do the ultra. And so I had sort of thought about, well, if I want to try and do well, should I actually go in for the marathon? 
<laughs> right, yeah. Because the people going for the marathon are people going, what? Who, who will probably be thinking, I'm not that strong. Mm. And therefore, maybe I've got a good chance of doing well in it. So the ultimate irony here, and we'll talk about where I finished in a minute, is that my time for four loops on the course of the ultra would have put me on the podium for the marathon. Oh, no. <laughs> so close. So if First, I second marathon, or third? My time for four loops would have made me third. Yeah. But, but if you knew you were only doing four loops, you would have done it slightly faster. So would, would that have made you second or not? Maybe. What could have been, you know? What could have been? But and look, as I said, these things don't, don't really matter. But in my head, they kind of do because it would have been nice. But hey, do you know what? Anyway, I carried on, did the fifth loop. And as you said, we're ticking everything off. And whilst I would have liked to have run it quicker, I didn't do as bad as I thought I would have done at some point in the race either. So I am just coming in to the final bit towards the finish at the Dartmoor Trail Challenge. Leg five's been all right. I've run it really quite well. Uh, I'm going to finish in about uh, 6.37, I think, uh, which is all right. I'm not too displeased, given how well I ran the last leg. So, yeah. Oh. Right, I'm going to put this away, see if I can do a bit of a kick finish. So 6.36.11, I think, was my final time, having thought I actually should be happy with 6.45 when I started the last loop. Yeah. Now, ultimately, really, I wanted to run it in under six hours. So you could say I went quite a bit over, and I guess I did. But you never know what a course is going to be like. And if I went back and ran it, I think, having done it now, I probably would run it quicker, you know, the, the advantage of pacing and everything else mm. and i came sixth out okay. of 30 so you know that's what top 20 percent. yes it's outside the mid-pack runner bracket i'm just saying i'm just putting it out there it's about the best i've ever done is sort of top 20 percent. yeah that's good but it, i don't think you can really judge it on 30 people you know i mean there's it's you know there's not a big enough sample size there you're right there's probably a 20 good runners who just couldn't make it on the day and that would push you back to mid-pack look that would... well you don't know what it is. You don't know was I running against really good runners or not very good runners. You know, who knows? But what I do know is that my recovery afterwards was really quick. Mm. So I ran 35, 36 miles hard running on Dartmoor and I didn't really have any DOMS. My legs were a little bit sore for a couple of days, a little bit sore for a couple of days, but you know, I had no problems walking up and down stairs. I really, it was just like I'd done a hard training run. So that, that becomes more the training you've been doing. Exactly. Because you're getting out a lot. Yeah. So I don't know if I was quicker, but I think I probably, apart from the cramps, which I think, as I said, I think was down to poor nutrition. I think I had pretty good endurance. And I think that showed by the fact that my legs recovered so quickly from what was a fairly tough race. Yeah, that's good. Good result. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully will set me in good stead for, you know, end of this year and up into next year. And of course, the problem now, and I suspect you might be having it a little bit less because you've got ARC in January. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that I've now not got anything until next May. So I've kind of in the um, post-holiday blues, if you like, the post-running blues. I mean, a week mm. after I did the race, I went up and did the West Highland Way, and we might put something out on that at another time. But having done the West Highland Way now, I've got nothing until next May. So I'm now trying to focus on what do I do for the rest of the winter and spring to get myself ready for next year. And whilst I enjoy the running and the training, eight months without a race is really quite tough in my head. So you're going to put something in? What, what's, you know, looking forward then for both of us? I know you're still probably thinking it through and talking to your coaches and stuff, but what, what, what are you kind of thinking? So I've got two things I want to do, one of which I think will be easier than the other. There is a hill that I know in Somerset. I, I grew up in Somerset and I ran it fairly recently and realized when I looked at Strava that the crown, if you like, for the fastest time is probably within my capabilities if I do a little bit of training and try hard. And I know it means nothing, but wouldn't it just be nice? Once again, as I said, we just talked about, you know, as, as a crummy mid-pack runner to get yourself a Strava crown, even if it only lasts five minutes. Get the KOM. So I'm going to go for that. Is, is that. Have we run up and down this hill possibly in a previous episode? You you have never run this hill. Oh, okay, it's not the one we did then when we were down um, uh, near Bridgewater that time. No, 
No, no, no. Okay. Goodness me, I I am absolutely sure I could not get the Brent Knoll KOM. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. I'm sure there's much quicker people than me on that. No. This is a little hill and a little village in Somerset. It's not even that long. So the, 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 the crown time is just under two minutes. Okay. And I've run it in about 2.05 before. Mm. So I'm going to give it a go. So that's kind of just for have, fun. Have you ever, have you ever set uh, a segment in Strava? Have you, ever, have you created any? I've created no. one at the bottom of my road. Mm-hmm. Um, which I was going to call the the the, um, the short shitty hill, but it's a really, <laughs> but it's a really steep, um, really steep little hill. I decided not to. I know the one. Yeah, and uh, it's on the Green Man course, isn't it? It is on and, the Green Man course, and it's <laughs> really steep. It's like yeah. I don't know, thirty five degrees or something. You certainly you can certainly feel it, but uh, I yeah. don't have the KOM on that. And then I have decided this, and the next one's the tough one. I'm going to try and do a sub twenty minute five k. So my PB for 5K is 20 minutes, 50 seconds. But I did that 11 years ago yeah. when, I was, when I was in Ironman training. I know doing a lot of running then, a lot of other fitness. So my, my most recent 5K, timed 5K was 21.35. Hmm. So I've got to knock a minute and a half off. This is the weird thing. Is it? I, mean, I, I think my boat sailed for this. I mean, I, I've never been anywhere near it. I think mine might have sailed as well, but I'm going to give it a go anyway. I'd love to have done it, but I needed to be much better runner and more serious like 10, 15 years ago, I think. I'm pretty sure I could have done it in my early 30s. What I never understand is that you think, right, just getting from like 21 minutes down to 20 minutes when you do the maths is actually really tough because the amount of time you need to save is significant. And then you look at it and you look at people who are doing it in like 14 and a half minutes. You go, "How, how come if I... You know, it's going to take an inordinate amount of energy and focus to get from 21 to 20. How on earth do you then get down to 14 and a half, knowing that every single 10 seconds is like, you know, another massive step? I watched the virtual (sighs) London Marathon the other week. Well, it wasn't really virtual, was it? But the pros running around St. James Park and the speed they were knocking the kilometres out at for a marathon and just it was painful watching it just thinking i can't i can't even run anywhere near that pace for 5k god it's other planet stuff isn't it yeah so yeah but basically so i've got to knock the time off i'm looking around for a quick park run course i'm asking a few people who i know and i'm also um i've cast out to a couple of friends and asked if they'll pace me Mm. people who i know can get close to it that probably can do that time themselves but if not they only have to run half the course anyway don't they at a decent pace to pace me halfway so yeah and then i'm gonna give that a go probably early spring i guess on on a weekend when there's going to be decent weather and i can go and do it so yeah that's kind of my focus for the winter is hill work and speed work so a a bit of a a mixed bag coming up Mm. but uh and i think all of it though will stand me in good stead come racing season next year yeah you got me thinking what would be really nice and cool to do uh, and i don't think it's possible um well obviously it'd be very difficult to do it's like get all runners or get an average group of runners or a sample of runners i mean and get everyone to run different distances and different course types and you end up with a curve and i'd love to know on that curve where i where my peak is do you know what i mean that doesn't mean you're going to win but just like what's my optimum distance and optimum yes. terrain type and optimum type of race you know what 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 is thane's ideal race yes and i guess i guess we don't do enough really with enough other runners to really you have a feeling for it i mean i kind of like the, the obviously quite long and arduous because i think it plays a bit more to my strengths but i'm still way off of winning so but but you know so it's difficult to tell where my optimum is i think the 30 mile marker is probably where i am optimum Hmm. Funny thing, it's the one I enjoy the most. I, I figure my, I, I, I fear mine is somewhere, some, uh, somewhere near uh, a number eight on its side. You know, I'm going to keep going <laughs> a bloody long time. Yeah, I can crawl as long, I can crawl as well as the next person to the finish line. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I think that's what I'm going to do, and then you know, for next year, you know, you've got arc of attrition. In January, yeah, which I entered straight after this one, because once you get in that cycle of doing ARC, it's easier to kind of, you know, just keep on it because it's diff- if you forget about it, it's difficult to get back in because it's very popular. And they've, yeah. they've, like you were saying, they, they, they are very determined that it's going to go ahead. You know, they are, we are going to do everything we can to make sure this happens. We do not yeah. want to do it. And they've sent, they've already sent out like months in advance, right? This is what we're going to do. It's going to look a bit like this. It might not be like this, but manage your expectations uh, and getting 
on top of that planning and yeah and i'm pretty sure they will be able to do it so there's going to be changes like it's rolling starts not every, you know everyone isn't starting at the same time you'll get a little window to go in um there's no briefing that's by video beforehand so you get your briefings and then you basically turn up at the start line in your allotted window and start so you'll have a l- less of a it'll be a different feel to it because you won't like yours you won't really necessarily know where you are in the field but i mean it's such a long race that you probably will start to obviously figure that out and then they've worked out you know well how long do you think you'll take because they're going to put i guess the slower runners will be going off first so they can kind of you know condense a bit down towards the end and that means people less out on the you know people supporting the course are out there less time or something i'm not quite sure but but they're obviously thinking through that strategy and stuff yeah so there's two ways i've seen of running it and it'll be interesting to see how they do it for arc so in some races i've seen i think the way that centurion have done it this year and funny old thing centurion we've talked before about how amazing their organization is they've run all their races you know they've managed to run all their races so it just shows it can be done. Mm. Yeah. And what they've done is send out the quicker runners first to ensure there's good separation on the course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The other way of doing it is exactly as you said, is you run it reverse, but what you then end up doing is, is compacting the end of the yeah. race effectively. I guess it depends on the length of the course and the number of runners as to which strategy you could use. Yeah. The interesting thing for Arc though will be if they're going to send the slower runners off first, does that mean that the cutoffs effectively are easier on the course because they've got to keep the course open longer because there's people coming from behind? They, they, they yeah. might still say you. They might still say you've got to finish in 36 hours, but, yeah. but otherwise they're going to have to have individual cutoffs for each runner. That's a very good question. So I don't know how they'll do it. So it might actually benefit those people who have got good stamina but haven't got good speed because mm. they can keep going towards the end, or they they can keep their pace going all the way to the end. Yeah, yeah. So they don't get cut off early. Yeah. Maybe that would play to my advantage. Not quite sure. But yeah, this is where logistics and planning and thinking about stuff like it did for me in that race and working out when the aid station would be clear. You know, this is stuff to think about. What what can you do for your advantage? Uh, You know, or well, you know, is starting earlier going to help you or hinder you? Yeah. And of course, now I'm I'm also thinking about UTMB because UTMB was obviously cancelled this year. And they said, right, you can either have uh, an entry into 21, 22 or 23. And now I'm beginning to question with the whole lockdown thing and still was kind of rolling on whether the 21 one will get cancelled as well. Cause I can't imagine things might, you know, things might not be much different in the summer of next year still. Yeah. Well, that could be interesting. I mean, so my plan for next year is doing Heart of Wales Ultra in beginning of May. That's run with Pegasus. That's a 30 miler. And then I am entered into Mozart 100 again in June and then Green Man Summer, which didn't run this year and then we'll be doing that in august next year and then my big run my big news uh if you like is that two weeks after that i'm going up to anglesey to do the ring of fire multi-dayer the ring of fire (laughs) ring of fire 135 miles three days and interestingly i i booked it and messaged my coach and said, oh, I'm really excited about this race I'm going to do. We can talk about it. And then just before I was due to my next coaching call with him, I was just scanning through the Ring of Fire stuff and found out he won the first ever iteration of it. Oh, wow. It's interesting. Isn't it? If you said you were going to run around Anglesey, you would think to yourself, well, how many miles is that then? Oh, I don't know. You know, just look at a map of the UK. You would never have thought it was 135 miles, would you? No, it's a lot. Yeah. Just goes to show how long our coastline is. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but again, as you say, there's the question of how many of these races will go ahead. But um. Yeah we'll see well maybe it's gonna maybe it's gonna there's been a lot of people doing um fkts isn't there there's been loads of them on the pennine way and some very successful ones yeah um, and and i imagine i don't know if people will just keep focusing on fkts as those kind of challenges to keep going i don't know yeah well we'll see won't we yeah. there are some races that that i think work better and can work better within the new rules yeah the longer spread out races yeah, mm. and you can be clever and, and work out how you do those in a slightly different way. Um, Spine, for instance, I think a lot of the places, you know, they, they, if they just put a load of tents up, one man tents, rather than stay, yeah. rather than staying in the aid station, you have to sleep in the tent. You have to carry all the gear with you anyway, so it's not like any extra gear. Yeah, yeah, force people outside. People will probably do better for it, from my experience. <laughs> I think they probably do. I think they do better sleep. Yeah, uh, but then you probably get a lot of people who rather not bother sleeping at the aid stations. But yeah, it's, it's some different things of doing it. Anyway. Uh, I think we should probably wrap the episode up here. Yes. It's a li- as we said, we went a little bit round in circles. It's a little bit uh, different. Hopefully, if you're listening, you've enjoyed it. If you're not listening, then you won't have enjoyed it. 
That's just weird. Anyway, actually, I guess I should do, should I not, the uh, run oh, quiz. Oh, quiz. Run quiz. Yeah, yeah. Let's do the quiz. The quiz. Whatever okay. the questions were. So what was it? Should I just ask myself the questions and then No, just... that was the first question. What was it? What was the race? Yeah, I'm sorry. It was the Dartmoor Trail Challenge run by Trail Events Company. And it was a multi-distance event of just over 10K, just over a half marathon, just over a marathon or an ultra of about 35 miles. I did the ultra on a mixture of farmland, moorland, a little bit of tracks and with a couple of river crossings thrown in for fun. Best bit? Do you know what? I think the best bit was the fact that it was a loop course. It was different. I've not done that before. And that uniqueness was, yeah, made me thought it was really good. Worst bit? The fact that it was a loop course. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, the horror of knowing the bits that were uh, coming as you uh, go around. So there you go. Did you enjoy it? Do you know what? I absolutely loved it. It was so good. Honestly, I yeah, so good. Building us up for a big finish here. Would you do it again? Do you know what? I think I would. And there's not many very often <laughs> I say that, is it? So I would do it again. And I'll just skip to the last question. And I would absolutely recommend it. As If you fancy a course that's got everything in it, you know, yeah. that then it is right up there to do. Uh, and they are okay. going to run it again next year, I think. So mm. I really would recommend you go and do it. But really, really accept you are going to get wet feet. Yeah. So bear that in mind. You are going to get wet feet. Start more, run- isn't it? I mean, it's not going to. Yeah, but I mean, you know, there's, there's there's getting splashes and stuff in your shoes or soaking yourself, which is yeah. what you're going to do. You know, so- socks and shoes that drain well, massively mm. recommended for this course. But yes, brilliant. Really enjoyed it. And you get a free buff. Perfect. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan necessarily of medals, but fr- free kit I can use when I'm running is always yeah. good. And better than T-shirts because they're... You know, well, I've got the environmental impact is a lot lower, and they're actually really useful for a range of things, aren't they? So yeah, and and we'll get on to um, you know talking about maybe of the ethics of of uh, trail running and clothing and all sorts another time. But yeah, I, I've got lots of race T-shirts, so something different like a buff is always good, and it's yeah, pink. Yeah. My daughter covets it; she's not having it. <laughs> so we're going to wrap it up there, and we'll be back again with an episode to, to talk about. We still got to do the smorgasbord of races we did last year, which we didn't do any. Um, uh, any episodes on at all um, nope. which might just be trail clips all smashed together yeah um, we might do my west highland way uh, yeah. i recorded a lot of trail clips on that keep people on their toes not knowing what's coming next or when even yeah and of course if you want to know when those are coming out please do subscribe to the podcast yeah and of course you can follow us on instagram and twitter where we are at runners on trail you can email us at runners on trail at gmail.com you certainly can so anyway until next time take care and enjoy the trails Runners on Trail.